0: Good evening, everybody, to Let's Talk Low Vision, sponsored by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. Um, of course, I am not Dr. Dr. Bill. He has um, come under the weather tonight, so we send him our warmest wishes and get well, and he will be back next month with us. This is Leslie Spoon uh, filling in for him. So we have Greg Glenberg as our guest tonight. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and your vision.
1: Sure, yeah. So I'm uh, 33 years old, and I was uh, born and bred in the Tampa Bay area here in Florida. So I grew up in Palm Harbor, which is on the Gulf Coast of the state, uh, not too far from St. Petersburg and Clearwater area. And I was born with a retinal condition called Leber's congenital amaurosis, otherwise known as LCA for short. And <laughs> So originally, I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, RP, Um, But I had some genetic testing done about 10 years ago, and they determined it was actually LCA, which is a pretty, you know, very similar retinal condition where you actually do have pigments on the retina. Um, So essentially the same condition, but just another name. And so basically I, you know, I, I did get glasses when I was three, and that's when I was first diagnosed. And my vision has- That is very
0: young when you were three, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know my mom telling me, I don't even remember saying it, but she said, once I put the glasses on, I was like, wow, I can actually see the leaves on the trees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's great, wow.
1: Yeah, so I mean, they, they definitely made a difference, you know, getting glasses and getting that prescription and being able to see through those instead of just, you know, with my eyes. Um so growing up I did uh, I was mainstream I went you know to regular schools and started getting orientation and mobility when I was I think in 7th grade and so my you know my vision was fairly stable for a while up until maybe the last 5 or 6 years when it has changed uh, some but uh you know I did get O&M and I, I will say I was pretty nervous to use a cane in school just for fear of being picked on and It's that scary
0: when you first get the cane. It's scary, I tell you.
1: uh, Oh, I know. Yeah, because it really does. Like, yeah,
0: straight (laughs) after you get to know it, but uh, but getting the cane, it's like, what the heck?
1: Exactly, and I I realized very quickly that you know it is it's a tool that I needed, and but at the same time, it did identify me as someone who is visually impaired. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people, you know, would say and even maybe even still say, you know, I I can't tell that you're blind. You don't look blind or visually impaired. Right. I don't even know what, you know, what is that actually supposed to mean? Is that even such a thing that someone is supposed to look visually a certain way?
0: (laughs) That's Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I've known you for for many years now and and (laughs) you look normal (laughs) to me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like we've got three heads walking around. I think it's right. part of the whole stereotype of, you know, just just categorizing people like that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: wow. uh yeah, so I, I honestly really did not use the cane a whole lot at first uh really until I was in college and you know, I would say again it was for fear of being made fun of picked on and I you know I, I was able to get around fairly well mm-hmm. it might have benefited me you know maybe some but at the time my vision was you know decent enough to to really move around you know fairly fairly well Right. Um, but then when I when I started college, um so I started at Saint Petersburg College on Pinellas County, which again is you know Saint Petersburg Clearwater area. And so I when I was in college I realized, you know what, you know, this is ridiculous. I I need to use this tool. This is gonna help me, this is something that's important. And so that's really when I first started using it, you know, pretty much every day.
0: And don't and, you think when you started using the cane that, that it kind of um, made people see you, um, it helped you a little bit just identify, you know, it's not like you're different or anything, but just kind of helped
1: you, you know? Definitely, for sure. Yeah. And it, You know, people are more willing to open doors or just help mm-hmm. me in different ways. And, of course, I want to be independent as much as I can, but, you know, just being able to, to communicate that without having to say anything.
2: Right, I correct. think it's big yeah.
1: because it it is a sign for others to be. You know, maybe not leery is the best word, but just to to keep an eye out for you, just you know, so they do know the situation. You're not just randomly bumping into people, and they think you're drunk, or you know, God yeah, knows. That's what that's the it's. best
0: one, right? I love I love that one. Everybody thinks you're drunk all the time. Right, <laughs> and you're not. You're yeah, right.
1: It would be nice, but no. Yeah. I'm not, so.
0: Especially with with retinal retinal eye conditions. You know, retinitis pigmentosa, and the one you have, and. Stargards and all those, you know, it's it's very interesting growing up with those. Um, myself, I have retinitis pigmentosa, so I know what you're saying. So, you know, it's it's people think you're drunk and you're not. So,
1: <laughs> exactly, yep, so. yep. Yeah, yeah. And so I did. Uh, I got my associates at Saint College, and then I went to the University of South Florida, the St. Petersburg campus. Uh, for my bachelor's degree, and so that's the first time I actually moved out. I, you know, I was living in the dorm, living on my own, and uh, you know, again, was using the cane a lot, and it really did help me get around campus, and just living in that downtown St. Petersburg. The
0: was the campus big?
1: No, nah, it's it's a fairly small campus, because um, USF in Tampa is definitely what most people know, and that's a huge, you know, they've got at least fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 students there, But the St. Pete campus had about five or 6,000. So, I mean, it was, you know, not tiny, but definitely small enough. And and that was a factor in me deciding to, you know, go to school there just because it was, you know, it offered the journalism program, which I definitely wanted as well. But it was small enough, you know, where I wasn't just overwhelmed by buildings and students and everything.
0: Right. And and that's what your major is, right? Journalism? Aren't you a...
1: Yeah, so I do have a bachelor's in mass communication and then a master's in journalism, and I I did get both from USF, St. Pete. Wow, that's wonderful. And
0: you used to write for our our, um, newsletter, the White Cane Bulletin, here in Florida for many years.
1: Yeah, I did that. I was editor of that for about four years and uh, definitely enjoyed that. Um, it you know was just kind of a perfect thing for me to do just because of how much I love writing and interviewing people and getting to write stories about people. Um, in addition to you know editing other pieces that people submit, you know for that publication and whatnot. So it really was a great experience.
0: Right. And now, where do you work? Where do you work now?
1: So I work for St. Leo University. I've been there about three years now and it's in uh St. Leo, Florida, which is it's pretty much just the university there. It's a very small town about 30 uh, 30 miles north of Tampa, Florida.
0: Mm, okay. Nice. So how did you like the dorm life being a visually impaired um man? Did you enjoy that?
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely a change, you know, being on my own, you know, away from mom and dad and you know, I was mm-hmm. I was close enough, but yet far enough I felt like to really you know, be able to kind of explore and do more of, you know, more things on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I would say, you know, my roommates that I had were were pretty supportive and, you know, I made friends with folks in the dorm and whatnot. And um, so, it, you know, overall, it was a good experience. Of course, you're going to have some bad apples here and there and whatnot, right. especially with college kids. but. You know, I I definitely felt more connected. I feel like when I was in college compared to, you know, earlier on, as far as education goes, just those the connections, the friendships being accepted by others.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So let's change gears a little bit. So you now have I know you love sports like me. And you now have your own podcast, Eyes Free Sports. I'm yes. so excited for you. You know, you're such a good friend of mine. And, and I think I've known you for 10 years now. And, and I have just seen you grow and, you know, come into your own. And this is just so exciting for me, for you. And, uh, you know, the new podcast. So how's it going?
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I first, I recorded the first episode last November um, so I've been doing it, I guess, almost, what, five, six months now already, and it's it's just so much fun, you know, especially being able to interview people that are also visually impaired and that have that passion for sports and recreation and different things like I have. and. You know, being able to share their stories. That's, that's really what the podcast is about. It's not just me getting on there and blabbing away myself, you know. (laughs) That's, I really want to allow allow people to share their own stories.
0: Yes. And I I have listened to it and it's wonderful. So,
1: well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I guess I could kind of talk about just the idea behind it and how I got it started.
0: Yes, please do.
1: Sure. So I have hosted a podcast for this university, St. Louis University, for about two years now. And with that podcast, I've interviewed, you know, mainly faculty, professors and students at the school, just about different programs and different events and things going on, you know, within the university. And it's, it's you know, once I started doing that, I was like, wow, I, I love doing this. I love, you know, broadcasting and They have a really nice recording studio on campus with like the radio station quality mics and mixer and the board and everything, and it's just I find it really exhilarating. So So since I've been sure. So
0: Greg, I don't. I'm sorry. So Greg, do you do you do all that there at the at the university, or do you do it out of your house? How do you? I mean, all that you you blew me away with all that (laughs) that, um, technology there, the mixers and the this and that. So.
1: Um, yeah, so the, the podcast I do for work I do on campus, and then the size-free sports podcast I do from my home, yeah. Oh, okay, so you have all that
0: yep. stuff at home, the mixers and the mics and
1: the... No, actually, it's a pretty low-tech setup, so I use, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, called a, it's called a Blue Yeti, Y-E-T-I, it's a microphone, and it's, uh, it's, it's a USB microphone, so basically they call it like a plug-and-play, so you can literally just plug it into any USB port on a computer, Mm-hmm. And it's it starts working. It doesn't have to be plugged into the wall or powered in any other way. And wow, it's just gotta Yeah, I mean some of these mics are just so complicated and you need, you know, audio interfaces and all kinds of other accessories to go along with them to connect it to your computer. Mm-hmm. But with this mic it's just literally you plug it in and it works. And I just bring up um, so what I use is QuickTime Player which is an audio it's an audio player but you can also record audio and video through that software and i I do have a macbook pro so i do use uh, voiceover as well with that and so just to kind of yeah so just to kind of explain the process so you know once i have the guests um, on the phone and that's that's what i usually do i just have them call my cell phone and then i just put it on speaker and literally have it up to the microphone which I know is fairly low tech uh, compared to some other strategies <laughs> out there, but it but works you know, for me.
0: Yeah, it's working for you. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean, you've done how many seven episodes now, I believe?
1: Uh, yeah, actually uh, nine now. I just recorded my nine, nines oh, the other day, cool.
0: so I'm on I'm, I'm a little little behind. Uh, yeah, yeah, gotta catch, to catch up. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, I do. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, you're very low tech. Okay, I love it.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> Wow. So what I do so- is, yeah, I, I start the, you know, recording and then we just get into the interview and basically hit record. And so just kind of explain the, a little more technical side of it. So I, I plug earbuds that I have into the microphone itself. Mm-hmm. So then I can hear, you know, my voice coming through the mic and then it's also picking up the person on the phone coming That's out of the great. speaker on the phone. But so then do you I also. Dress up?
0: Do you dress up or anything or do you just kind of. You,
1: do yeah, no. Or? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. It's yep, yep, and it's all audio. So fortunately, right? Okay. You know, yep, yep. I mean, I've thought about hey, maybe down the road doing some kind of video, or vlog, and whatnot. But mm. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's next version. That's version two,
1: right? Right. That's hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so exciting! Wow. So, what made you do this podcast? What made you start from your home doing the podcast?
1: yeah I would say, you know, like I mentioned before, just the interest in in podcasting, broadcasting, but then also my interest in sports for the blind. Um, so I've been playing beep baseball for about eight years now, which for those who aren't familiar, is a it's an adapted form of baseball for the blind and visually impaired. And everyone is actually blindfolded no matter what your vision is, so it really makes it an even playing field. And then um, the, the actual ball itself beeps. So it's a constant deet, 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 deet. And then and you know then, where the,
0: and then you know when to hit the ball.
1: When yep, it's, So the pitcher is sighted. That is one thing. The pitcher and catcher are sighted. Okay. But everyone else, the batter and everyone in the field is blindfolded. And so then it, once you hit the ball and it's a fair ball, then either first, it's, it just has two bases, first or third base. Either one of those bases oh, okay. is going to buzz. So then you have to listen for that buzzing and run to the base, and if why you get to the base,
0: no why is there no second? Why uh, is
1: there a second? they—I guess just to avoid collisions, or okay. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> because really it's you can't like get a hit. You either get a run or you're out. So if you reach the base, then it's a run. Okay. So you can't actually—you're not actually on base. You know, like in regular baseball, if you get a single, you're standing at first base. in oh, beat so baseball, not ready? if you. Yeah, you do run to the base, but once if you get to the base before the fielder picks up the ball, then it's a run for your team. Oh, okay. So then you get the run just based on that, you know, running to the one base the one time.
0: Ah, okay. Now, is it strikes and balls just like a normal baseball?
1: Yes, but you actually do get four strikes, so they do give you an extra strike just well, to good. help you at you. <laughs> 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 And you do get to take one pitch, too. It's like a pass ball. Wow. Um, so f- a lot of times I'll, you know, the first pitch I'll take just to kind of get a sense of where it's coming and to get an idea of it so then I have a better idea once I do start swinging at it.
0: Have you had any injuries from playing?
1: Uh, nothing too crazy. I might have jammed my thumb or something one time when all I was right. diving for a ball or but there there definitely have been cases because I do play in the the National Beat Baseball Association has a World Series every year. Oh, and I've well, that's gone to wonderful. that. Yeah, so I've gone to that the last three years and it's I mean, there they're twenty twenty teams usually or so coming from literally all over the world, sometimes Taiwan, Canada, uh the wow. Caribbean. And yeah, so just having you know the opportunity to have met some of those people that play is just amazing. And I mean, some of them really do literally go all out and have broken arms and oh ankles. My and <laughs> wow, they're really
0: they're really getting into
1: they're, it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if, yeah. but there are there definitely are techniques as far as sliding and and kind of they they say like you should lay your body out. You know, when you're out in the field. Mm-hmm. fielding to try and stop the ball and then obviously like i mentioned before the goal is to pick up that ball so you have to Gosh, actually I think pick I'm, it up I off think the I'm ground
0: for this sport <laughs> <laughs> i think i'll just be a spectator hey, believe know? it or
1: not there are some in their 70s still playing. oh my goodness wow yeah so. oh my
0: goodness uh, so, yeah. so how did you get involved in beat baseball
1: Actually, it was through the Tampa Lighthouse for the Blind here in Florida. We used to host an annual game, and so I played in that for a few years, and then that actually ended, so I was looking for other opportunities to keep playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so initially it was a team out of Athens, Georgia, called the Athens Timberwolves that I I played on because there was actually no Florida team um, several years back. Um, And did you
0: try and get a Florida team going?
1: Yeah, I'm actually still working on that. I do have all the equipment now. So just once we get past all this, you know, with the pandemic, hopefully I can really start wrangling up some players and getting that going.
0: Right, yeah. Wonderful, cool. Do you do any other sports besides the beat baseball? baseball? (coughs) Excuse me.
1: I have uh, done bowling. I actually bowled for a long time on leagues. Um, So I was into that. Yeah. Yeah. I never really use the rails, um, but that is something I've considered potentially getting back into since my vision has changed, Mm -hmm. you know, because there definitely are adaptations for that as well, you know, just to kind of line yourself up on the lane. And I know they also have the ramps and different things. So I have, I've also tried, um, I've tried archery, I've tried kickball, audio darts,
0: you know, Audio so darts I, <laughs> are fun.
1: Those are fun. Oh, right yeah. Stuff. It's, yeah. yeah. It could be a little dangerous if someone's they can, in the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can. But it is uh,
1: pretty cool. For those who don't know, the board actually speaks, and it, you know, once it lands, assuming you hit the dart board. Right. It actually speaks and tells you, you know, the number of, of where you actually hit, which is pretty neat. So Right. That's,
0: it's very cool. We did a... Um, council of citizens with low vision international did it at one of our conventions um a couple oh, nice. years ago, and it was really cool we had a good turnout for that that was fun
1: yeah so. it's and it's something that pretty much anyone of any physical ability can also do too obviously so it's it's pretty neat
0: yeah that's cool so so um what about your podcast now we'll go back to the podcast so anything else about it it's, it's kind of low tech and you
1: know so sure yeah i was going to mention um so i was talking about how i you know use earbuds that i i plug into the the usb microphone that i have and then i also wear headphones over the earbuds that i plug into my computer to actually hear the voiceover to hear the speech you know on my mac laptop mhm so then i you know i have a list of questions typically pulled up in a word doc And so I can literally listen to the computer and not have that interfere, you know, since I'm listening to that through the headphones and then listening through the earbuds to the mic and the person talking so I can go through the questions and any notes I have, you know, within the Word doc all silently. So none of that is picked up on the recording, which is pretty nice.
0: That is wonderful. Wow. <laughs> so who, what was your last podcast about since I haven't since I need to catch up?
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I know I haven't uh rolled this the latest one out yet, but it was on Blind Stokers Club. Blind which what? Is I'm the, sorry. The Blind Stokers Club. It's a tandem bike club out in San Diego. Oh, cool! And yeah, they've got about 150 members, so it's, from what I understand, it's the largest tandem bike club in the country.
0: Oh, now you're talking! My, my language. <laughs> I love tandem biking. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it is pretty neat. I have tried it. Yep.
0: Oh, it's fun. It it is fun. So my girlfriend yeah. and I did it a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, and she's a an rubbish instructor like me, and she's like. Uh, who's gonna push
1: harder? So it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's. And so for That's that podcast, cool. I, I did have, yeah, I had the founder of that organization plus one of the blind stokers on together, which was the first time I had two people on. And it was a little challenging having to go back and forth, but I thought it really gave some interesting insight into, you know, the sighted guy that actually found the organization. And the blind stoker, you know, the one who rides in the back behind, they call it the captain or the pilot, right. which is the sighted person in front. Right. Just That's getting those awesome. two perspectives of, yeah, how that, and just the, the teamwork and how it takes time to kind of build that relationship as a pair on a bike. It's, it is interesting.
0: Now, when will that be out soon? That podcast will come out when?
1: <clears throat> yeah, hopefully this weekend, probably Sunday.
0: Okay, great. Wonderful. Yeah. So, um, do you think, Rick, you think we should open up for some questions with Greg? And, and Greg, could you give us your contact information?
1: Yeah, sure. If you want me to give give that now.
0: Sure, that'd be great. Yeah.
1: Sure. So you can contact me by email. Uh, my email is just my first initial last name. So it's G Lindberg, G-L-I-N-D-B-E-R-G at gmail.com. And then as far as the podcast, uh, if, you, if you're on either Facebook or Twitter, you can just search for Eyes Free Sports. So that's E-Y-E-S-F-R-E-E Sports. And you can just go to Facebook.com slash Eyes Free Sports or Twitter.com slash Eyes Free Sports. And then the actual direct link to the podcast site that has all the episodes is just uh, it's Eyes Free Sports, all one word dot podbean p o d b e a n dot com.
0: Very good, thank you. So, Rick, sure. do we have any do we have any people that would like to ask Greg a question tonight?
3: Greg, when you were talking about uh, the setup at the college, right, it was bringing back all these memories for me because I was a, I, I did college radio for many many years now. You know, that was nineteen seventy two to seventy seven, so that was a while. Oh, wow, yeah. But yeah, with with the uh, you know we have recording decks and we have the boards and uh, it,
1: oh yeah, it can just, get pretty pretty well, overwhelming if, if you're not familiar. It's yeah, uh, and the blue yeti
3: is a, a very very common thing that many many, many people use, and uh, uh, a lot of us have kind of started with that and we've kind of grown up with it and uh, you know moved on to. Uh, higher and higher tech as time went on. So I would love to talk to you about that offline if you have any interest in in here. Sure,
1: we do. Yeah, and I, I will say the Blue Yeti. It's it's only about a hundred bucks. I think there are different versions of it, but it's I mean the quality, the sound quality you get out of it is just amazing for such a simple microphone. It it really is you know just so affordable and and I definitely recommend it for anyone interested in any kind of podcasting, voiceover work, you know, anything along those lines.
4: This is Robert Spangler. Um, how do you find your uh, guests for your interviews for your podcast?
1: <clears throat> sure, yeah. So I, I have made some connections, not a ton, but within, for instance, the National League Baseball Association, just having attended some of those events and connecting with folks on social media. Um, I've made some connections through that. And then even just listening to, I'm also involved in uh, the Blind and Beyond radio show, which is another show out of Orlando. And they've actually had some of the guests on, you know, the same ones that I have been able to have on. Um So really just networking. And then, you know, usually if I'll, I'll ask a guest, you know, do you recommend anyone else that you might know? You know that would be a, a good person to talk to on the podcast, so it really is networking you know making those connections social media has been a big help too um I would say those are kind of the big uh, strategies
0: and that's a great way networking you know people that know people they'll No, send you a lot
1: of people your way oh yeah and at this point i have a list like a mile long and it's like if i'll ever have time to get all to all these people but it's i'm I'm overwhelmed just within a few months which is pretty awesome it's it's a good problem to have it is a
0: good problem to
1: have that's wonderful yeah
3: yeah people you ought to interview greg is uh leslie's husband dan Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we've been having a lot of fun with him he's been doing a show uh uh, what we call a community broadcast, where he's been doing a thing called "Let's Call Sports,"
1: or let's Uh let's. Oh yes, uh, yeah, I've been meaning to join that. I just haven't. And, uh, and
3: it's been really, really a lot of fun. And uh, Dan's got lots of sports stories, not necessarily <laughs> a as a participant himself, but uh, he, he can talk sports till the cows come home. And, uh, oh, he can. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and,
1: I, and I will say I have had, uh, I did have a guest on who didn't really play a whole lot of blind sports, but he his name is Enrique Olu, and he's actually one of the Spanish broadcasters for the Tampa Bay Rays, the baseball team. Oh, and he that's is, cool. yeah, he is totally blind and he's been doing that since the race started over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So just to get his perspective of what it's like being up in a broadcast booth, you know, at all these ballparks. And I mean, it's pretty, it, it's, it's, it's just so amazing. And I'd, I'd love to have more guests on that, that, you know, not necessarily have played blind sports, but in some ways are connected to sports, you know.
0: Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. How did you guys do in the World Series, in the baseball World Series?
1: Uh, we've had a tough, tough go at it. Some of the teams <laughs> I've been on, it's uh, yeah, it's been rough. There was, uh I think, one year we just won one game last year. So <laughs> it's uh the, the teams I've been on are like newer teams. And, you know, maybe in the past there was one team that, you know, at several years back, you know, had a lot of good players and kind of disbanded and so the teams I've I've been able to join uh, have been, you know, kinda of newer and the players are a little less experienced and, you know, obviously with anything it takes time to you know, to be good at something. And I mean some of these some of these guys have been playing B baseball for 30, 40 years, literally, uh guys and gals, I should say, because it is both men and women to play. And so and when you're going up against some of that competition, you really are at a disadvantage if you just don't have enough experience.
0: There was a guy on, on the Let's Talk Sports on on Saturday night, Kip. I, I I don't think I got his name correctly, but he had been playing beat baseball for years, and um, Michael Garrett knew him uh, really well. Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. wow, I'd love to get in touch with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you remember his name, Rick? I think it was Kippy? No, Kippy or...
1: Can yeah, I, I don't. He was really yeah.
3: a real cool person, though. Very really... cool, yeah. Interesting, yeah.
0: I
4: I can remember back when, uh in school back in the 70s, we played beatball. I think that's when the baseball telephone pioneers were setting up the baseball fields and stuff for us. It was a really big deal. And then, yeah. And I'm from Iowa, so... <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, and that's this year. It's actually supposed to be in Ames, Iowa, but obviously with everything going on, we're not sure if it's going to happen. So,
0: is that in the summer, Greg? When they have the national? Um...
1: Yeah, it's usually the end of July. Okay. But then there are some other regional tournaments. There's one called Beast of the East. I think it's in uh, New Jersey. That's funny. And so yeah, some of the teams up there in the Northeast get together for that. And then there's one called the Texas Shootout. Which is in October. So if if the World Series doesn't happen, you know, hopefully one of those we might be able to attend. Mm-hmm, I, that helps so for you guys. Now let,
3: let me let me ask you a question. With well, you, you know, there's a friend of mine up here who plays beat baseball, and and I, I I don't know if this was something unique to his team or if all beat baseball teams do this. It he used to tell me that when if someone made a bad play and the coach got upset with them. He made the coach would make the person wear a pink blindfold. <laughs> now like, I think I, I have heard of that. Yes. Yeah, they, they, and they called them, <laughs> and they would call the guy then the pinky or something like that. Is that, <laughs> is that a practice all over the league, or was that just this team? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know how common it is. I, ha- I have heard of things like that, just kind of friendly jabbing at each other, you know, for different things. And which is kind of funny, you know, once again, even though we're visually impaired and might all have a disability, we can still, you know, poke or, you know, poke fun at each other and, and have a good time too. Which, and to me, that's, that's really what I enjoy most about it is just that camaraderie you know, being on a team comprised of visually impaired people and being able to work together as, you know, equals just because, you know, we have to be blindfolded to play, and it really makes it an even playing field and just being able to do things independently, being able to run around, you know, in the field independently, obviously you have to communicate and talk, and that's (laughs) – to avoid collisions or potential injuries but the freedom that this sport and so many other sports give people yeah you know who are blind is just it's so powerful
3: and, and traveling with the team to the tournaments and stuff that's kind uh, of- oh yeah and
1: staying in hotels you know having roommates and it's it's a lot of fun i mean there's exactly. so much more to it than just oh. the actual competition nobody drinks right <laughs> uh no comment. <laughs>
4: how about how about goalball? Anybody doing goalball?
1: Oh yeah, I did actually have a guest on uh, one of the I forget which episode who's a, you know very experienced goalball player and I I've that actually never had the one? chance First or yeah, second one. it was or one two. of the early ones. Yeah. yeah. And I will say just in my research, I've never had the chance to play, but goalball is definitely the most popular sport for the blind. And it is in the, the Paralympics, which unfortunately be baseball is not. Hopefully someday it will be. Um, but you know, since being in the Paralympics, it definitely gets a little more recognition and coverage. And I guess I could kind of just briefly explain. It's, it's played on a, like a basketball court normally. So it is indoors and you have two goals on either side. And so there are three players on either team. And once again, everyone is blindfolded and you have to roll the ball into your opponent's goal is basically how it works. I was on, I was on
4: a, let's see, the USABA in 1979. Our Iowa team was second in the nation. We played wow. 20, 3 o'clock in the morning against uh, <laughs> another team to decide who was first and second.
0: Robert, that's, wow. that's an interesting tidbit about you. I didn't know you were in that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys that's medal cool. on
2: anything? Did Did we got,
4: medal? Yeah, we got second place in the nation, so we were silver medals. Wow. Now that's
1: Wow. Cool. That's awesome, yeah. And I should mention the ball. It has like a bell in it, so obviously it's, you know, like a beat baseball, but it's it doesn't have the electronics, so it's just, it rattles as you roll it.
0: There's so many interesting sports for blind and visually impaired folks, you know. That, that's so cool, you
1: know. Oh, yeah. There was a book. I actually had this author on one of the early podcasts who wrote a book called Sports and Recreation for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and he went through probably about 50 different sports in that book and it's it's really amazing just the different things you'd never think of and how those have been adapted over time
0: how about tennis
1: yes there is tennis yeah and i believe it is some kind of beeping ball i'm not sure if it's electronic or Yeah. yeah i'm not totally familiar with that but i do know it is yeah it is a you know a sport that is adapted
0: when i had better vision i loved tennis Oh, man, I could serve. I could serve, but I couldn't do anything else. <laughs>
2: <Sure>. <laughs> oh. yeah. Greg, do we have any more people that would like to talk with Greg? So this is Marsha, Marsha Lindbergh. Hi, Marsha. I, I think I'm unmuted. Okay. Hi, how are you? Good, you guys, how are you? Are awesome. I was just going to say that the beat baseball, to me, is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I think they all deserve gold medals. All of them. Oh. They, they are so awesome. All of them. And, and I just, well, we, we all get excited. The whole family does for Greg. And That's so it, cool. It is. It really is. It's such a positive, positive thing because so many of them can't get out and are not able to do these things. And then then they are able to. And you see, just they just blossom. They just, you know, it's, it's so really cool. It is to see this. And I get so excited and happy when I see Greg and and everybody playing and oh, and it's wonderful that we're all, they're all at the same level because everyone's blindfolded. So, um, you know, unless you're cheating, I've heard some of them (laughs) sort Yeah. yeah, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) blindfold. Oh no. Now Marcia, Marcia, have you played before? I have, um, and I don't do as well as Greg does. <laughs> he's got a, he's got, I don't know, he's got a good eye. <laughs> uh, Which is funny, but uh, he's, he's got a knack for it. I, I don't. I'm, I'm a bowler, actually. Hey, there you go. I'll go bowling yeah. with you
0: sometime. Yeah, I would, I would love that.
2: So I, yeah, I enjoy bowling, and I can't bowl right now, so um, I know. I really miss it. Um, and I'm not yeah. a good bowler, but it's, it's just fun. I, I've been doing it. Most of my life, and I—that's why I had Greg bowling when he was younger too, because I thought that would be something he could do. Um, it is fun. Bowling is fun, you know. It is. It really is. But I think the beat ball is better right now because they do so many things for them, you know, to help them. Um, just the whole way of you know putting it out there, and the bowling is is probably more of a challenge. Whereas the beat ball, I mean, they really have a lot of advantage with that with listening and um just just so much there's so much available out there the bowling probably it's it's more of a challenge i think yeah the the people i think is a better thing for them right now it seems like they often. I think,
0: i think the bowling has really come along though there's a lot with the bowling like daytona is a big thing yeah there really is Yes. Yeah, oh, and there, there is,
1: it's called the ABBA. It's the American Blind Bowlers Association. It's, uh-huh. and they actually do have a national tournament and it's, it's definitely not quite as, you know, well known as some of the other sports, but right. I feel like it is, it's starting to come along.
0: Yeah, so, I think it is. Uh, I think so, so. So
4: Greg, what's your average?
1: Uh, let's see. At my best, I was probably about 135. Oh, cool. Yeah. What's your highest score game, do you know? Yeah, I did shoot a 223 one time, which I'll always be proud of. I'll probably never shoot anything close to that again. But...
2: <laughs> and then, you won your lowest score when you were like maybe six
1: years old? Yeah, I did have a one. I got one 10 and it was actually on the last oh, ball of the second oh, ball with 10 no. frames. So... Oh no.
0: <laughs> I was
1: glad to at least not get the goose egg, at least get oh, off that the shot.
0: So... That was
2: good. <laughs> I don't remember bowling too two when I was a very young girl, too. <laughs> oh my! I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> I when know. I come
0: visit, Marsha, we're going to go bowling. Oh, I would love that. Yes. Yes. You yeah, have blindfolded. You have to be blindfolded because I don't right. have any vision anymore. So. All right,
2: I can do that.
1: <laughs> That'll that. totally be fair for all of us.
2: Yeah. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll
3: actually bowl better. Have you done any sailing, Craig? Sailing?
1: I have, uh, no, I have tried water skiing actually, but never have tried sailing as far I as did water sports. Do with skiing. It was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, they actually had, it was adapted. So you had the option to sit down on this. It was like a, you know, a seat mm-hmm. instead of standing in the actual ski. So I, I did opt for that and I kind of wish I would have done, you know, someday I'll probably will actually try standing up, but, uh, there's an organization. It's called Ann's Angels. Here in Florida, that does you know water skiing for people with all kinds of disabilities, and it was—I mean, even just sitting down though—it was really exhilarating. It was—it was a lot of fun.
3: Edward has a question, I believe. Well, it was more just a uh, an announcement in 2014 here in Rochester, Minnesota. There was a—it was either a regional or a national beep ball competition. Yes, I think
2: that might have been the national.
3: Well, no, I was actually flat on my back getting cancer treatment at the time, but otherwise uh-huh. I would have been there. Uh. But our, uh, I moved from Indianapolis, and our Indianapolis team was here, and so my wife went out and volunteered to help and got to see a lot
1: of the old friends from there. Oh, that uh, was nice. Yeah. We're cool. Yeah. But, yeah, they've had the World Series since, I think, 1976 was the first year they started, so it's it's been going a good you know, 40-plus years.
3: Greg, there's a reason I was asking about sailing. Sailing, uh, yeah, I, I live in the Boston area, and we've got some blind sailors up here, and there was actually a documentary made of them uh, called Sense the Wind, I think it was called. Oh, really? Uh, hmm and uh um, it it's quite fascinating and uh you know same type of thing you know the yet you know, if if you're sailing as you know, as a blind team, obviously everybody's got their responsibility, but everybody's got to pull together as a team and it's it's quite remarkable There's one sighted person on the boat that kind of directs everybody, and it's uh really cool. I bet you there's probably some of that that going on down in Florida somewhere, I would imagine.
1: That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to look into it more and then check out that documentary. And because I know it is, it's a pretty big, you know, fairly popular among the Bond community. Let yeah. me know.
0: We can go sailing. That
1: would be fun. Sure. Yeah. We'll add it to the list with bowling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: And I, I can also talk about, uh, this platform I use. It's called Podbean. And so yeah, basically, sure. So it's, a, it's a podcast hosting platform. And there are a bunch of them out there, but, uh, this is the one that I, I've been using for my work podcast as well. So I was a little more familiar with it, you know, having, going into this, this personal podcast I've been doing. And I would say overall, it's pretty accessible. I mean, I did have a little sighted assistance as far as just setting up the... I did have someone make a logo for me, and so I had to pop the logo onto the the podcast site, and, you know, some of the graphics and whatnot had to be set up visually. But as far as actually posting a podcast episode, it's pretty simple. I and mean, you literally just log in, upload the audio file. It's, it's usually an MP3 that I upload. And then you just, you know, write a a title. There's a text box for the title and then a description of that episode. And overall it's, I would say it's very, you know, user friendly for someone who's visually impaired. Uh, And then so what, what that, yeah. So what that does is, you know, once you publish it, then you just get a link to that particular episode and that, that's a link to a page that has a podcast player on it. And so, and that, that player is also very accessible. And so then you can just share that link, you know, on social media and emails, whatnot. So it's, you know, the the process is overall pretty accessible. I gotta say.
0: So Greg, did, is this like your is this one of your passions to do podcasts? I mean, what made you kind of decide to do these podcasts? You know, kind of. I, I know you like and yeah. communications, and all that. So
1: it's sports. Sure. That yeah
0: doing
1: podcast or yeah I've, I've always been into radio i mean i literally have a box of probably 100 cassette tapes where i would just record stuff off the radio and there was actually a show i was involved in uh out of tampa it was also on several other stations called the mj morning show and so i i really you know just they they invited me into the studio and i kind of got a sense of just how everything worked and just you know, it kind of my, my interest really kind of uh took off from there. And so I've I've really gotten into podcasts just in the last maybe three or four years as far as a listener. Uh-huh. And I know there's just so much out there and there there used to be a podcast called the Blind Sport Podcast. Uh, there was really hosted. is a
0: lot of podcasts if you're just getting started like me. I'm, I'm a newbie <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I'm, uh, oh yeah. You know, it's like, overwhelming. Millions yeah. upon
1: millions. Literally it's, yeah. yeah. So there, so I did a lot of research and I did find that there was this one uh, that is still available. It's called the blind sport podcast. And it was this guy from New Zealand, I believe that hosted that. But, uh, from what I understand, he has not done any new episodes for a few years. So I, you know, really had not found any other specifically on blind sports mm-hmm. and thought, Hey, you know, here's an opportunity. And, and, you know, it's, it's a niche that I'm passionate about and whatnot. So that's, well, that's really how I got cool. to do it.
0: It's so cool. That is, that is so cool. <laughs> Well, Greg, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight and, um, on Let's Talk Low Vision and just keep up the wonderful work that you're doing. Uh, again, I can't tell you how proud I am of you. I'm glad your mom was on. I love your mom and dad. They're wonderful people. (laughs) And and we'll be back uh, next month with Dr. Bill. We'll be back. So thank you for hanging in with us and um, improvising. And just keep up the great work and go to Eyes Free Sports and listen to Greg's podcast.